So you notice I have a picture of the Bible here, right? So we're just going to flip it back. Just suppose you didn't have a Bible. No written copy. No digital recorded copy. What would you do if you didn't have a Bible? How would you learn about God? How would you learn about righteousness? How would you know that you're a sinner? How would you know that you needed the gift of everlasting life? You could never know these things without the recorded, written Word of God. It's so important that we pay attention to this Word that God spoke in times past to wake up our hearts, to help us understand the realities of life, to prepare ourselves to be fit for heaven and to live with God forever. Without that, we will not. So Tigger stopped over to see Eeyore the other night. Eeyore had his little cart full of Bibles with signs all over it. The Bible is the Word of God. Tigger said to him, Oh, buddy, why are you doing that? Eeyore answered, I want everyone to know there is a God, and the Bible tells us all about Him, how we can know Him, love Him, and tell others about Him. Tigger said, That's very special, old buddy. We are blessed. We are blessed to have at our disposal the most powerful book in all of the universe, the most powerful book for life, the Bible, the Word of the living God. How many of you read it every day? How many of you memorize it, try to work on it every day? Praise God. See, we're working at it. So we praise God we do have a Bible. And this beautiful picture of a Bible here that I have, this was made by our own ministry called the Flannel Graph Ministry. They make these things and they go all over the world to missionaries, Bible teachers. We just sent one to Boston Pod School to replace theirs that was worn out. But praise God that shows us the Bible. So as we read the Bible... And we have it. Here in Deuteronomy 17, Moses is nearing the end of his life. He's reminding the second generation of God's leading and provision and faithfulness. He made a prediction. He was telling something that's going to happen in the future. You're going to come into the land. When you get there, you're going to want to set up a king. God knew this. He's telling them that through Moses. Then he proclaims the directives for that king. What shall that king do? How shall he lead you? He shall not acquire many horses, so that his trust is in horses and not in God. He's not to return to Egypt to get those horses, because God commanded not to go back that way, to demonstrate obedience. He's not to acquire many wives, lest his heart be turned away. Because even though the man is the head of the house, The wife is the neck and the heart. He's not to acquire excessive silver and gold so that he can say, Ah, boy, I'm rich and increased in goods and I have need of nothing. 
And what was he supposed to do? When he comes to sit upon the throne of his kingdom, the first thing God said he is to do, write for himself a copy of the book of this law. The word of God had been recorded. The first five books of the Bible we have. The king of Israel was to write that down to understand what God said, to understand what God required, to understand God's directions. The Bible designates authority. Who is the authority? The eternal God is the authority. He spoke and it came to be. God spoke and this world existed. If you don't believe that, you've lost it. It designates authority because all Scripture... You know, we've heard the the, the good verse, all Scripture is inspired by God. And that is a good, good, beautiful Greek word, theopneustos. How do you like that? That's a mighty big word, isn't it? It simply means God breathed. The Word of God carries with it the breath of the living, eternal God and all of His authority. What's the king supposed to do it? Write himself a copy, keep it with him, and read it every day. We believe the Bible to be the final authority for all teachings of faith and practice. By the grace of God, for the last 53 and a half years, I've given my life to studying this book. And that's what has changed my life from a scared, introverted very weak individual with no confidence in myself. Now I have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have the strength and the power of wisdom of God. It's only God's power that enables me to stand here before you today. So the Bible designates authority. It also describes the assurance of the knowledge And wisdom of God. So the Bible designates authority. It also describes assurance. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 21. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written to you 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge? To make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you. So next Saturday we're going out to invite people to come here for Easter service. So that they can hear the true, reliable words of God. 
Psalm 18 and verse 30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield to all who take refuge in Him. And then Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are right and true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even more than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping there is, there is great reward. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. I love this. He is a wraparound shield to all who love him. And run to him and hide in him. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower thereof fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the gospel that was preached to you. That's a quote from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. In Mark 13, 31, Luke 21, 33, and Matthew 24, 35, the words of Jesus are quoted. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Now, what is Jesus saying? He's equating himself with eternal God because he was and is. Jesus is Jehovah God. Boy, I told that to some Jehovah's Witnesses one day. Oh, they got so scared and angry and upset. Whoa. Spent two hours with four of New York State's highest prophets in that church, her so-called assembly. And every time I would mention that Jesus is Jehovah, they would go ballistic, yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs for 15-minute tirade at a time. In Psalm 119, we read these words. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. You know, when uh, John Wycliffe first started printing his Bibles and bringing them to England, he would bring them under cover at night by the boatload. And sometimes the priests of the church in England would catch him and grab those Bibles and burn them. And he'd go back and print some more. And eventually they kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And the Bible got into the hands of the people. And the people began to read and understand and know what God had said. And it changed their life. And it, cha- and it revolutionized the world. We're part of that result of that. Because John Wycliffe, one man who translated the word of God into a language of the people of his time. And when the people read it, it changed them. I left my two magazines at home. Two things from the voice of the martyrs. In the Bible, the Word of God is getting into Korea, North Korea, in a digital form. Just a little digital thing that's got the Bible recorded. And they're smuggling them into North Korea. 
and into China and into Iraq and Iran. The word of God is getting there because of people who are dedicated to it. And a lot of these people will lose their lives because they dare to take the word of God to a country that forbids it. To know that God's word is firmly established forever cannot be destroyed. I'll give you another example. One of the prophets was talking to the king and had sent a message to the king, Jeremiah. And as he was reading it, he'd have him read it, and he'd cut one piece of that scroll off and throw it in the fire. They'd read another column, he'd cut it off and throw it in the fire. Till it was all read, he heard it. He didn't like it, and he burned it. God said to Jeremiah, write another copy. And he did. He wrote down all the same things, and he had a whole bunch more of judgments against that king because he chose to destroy the word of God and refused to believe in God and refused to surrender to God. The Bible describes for us great assurance from God that he has spoken and his word stands forever. It's the sure foundation for all of life. The Bible defines affirmation. We like things of affirmation today. But the Bible defines affirmation. What affirms what has? It affirms the ways of God. The king was to keep this copy of the book of the law with him, read it every day, to learn to fear the Lord. Now, there's two aspects to this fear of the Lord. One is uh, fear and trembling and shaking in your boots that you have seen and heard a holy God. Every instance you see of a person, what did Moses, when he saw the burning bush, God said, take off the shoes of your feet because the place where you stand is holy ground. You're in the presence of holy God. Fear and tremble. How, much of, how many of you remember 9-11? Remember seeing it when it was happening? Did fear and trembling come over you? To know that God was at work shaking people up. We don't get the, the great earthquakes like California. Their, their favorite song is the earth moves under my feet. But I've talked with people who've been in those earthquakes. I talked with one guy. He was upon the 12th floor of a building. Two o'clock in the morning, he's laying in his bed. All of a sudden, he feels his shaking. He wakes up and his room is moving 12 feet this way. Twelve feet back that way. Twelve stories up. That's scary. People scoff and tend to, to refuse to understand how holy and powerful God really is. So how is, how is he to learn to fear the Lord? To respect God for who he really is. By practicing all the words of this law and statutes. Psalm 111, verses 6 or 10 reads this way. He has shown his people the power of works 
by giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are truth and justice. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are upheld forever and ever, enacted in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have a rich understanding of life. Praise to God endures forever. Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. Ezra, a Levite priest, he has set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to practice it, and to teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. The first year I read that, the first year I was walking with the Lord and God had called me to salvation, I read that and that gripped my heart. And I said, that's the man I want to be. I want to be like that man. I want to study the law of the Lord. I want to practice it. I want to teach his ordinances and his statutes. And God has raised me up. Last Sunday I went back to my home church where I was raised as a boy. The day I was being ordained to the Christian ministry, we're sitting here with my mother, and uh, the guys were over here reading my thesis, you know, getting ready, to, making these circles and all these. My mom said to me, you know, Philip, when you were two years old, I took you down to the front of the church, and I dedicated you to the Lord to become a minister. God has fulfilled that promise. Amen. And that's why I'm here today. Our king is faithful forever. Amen? Amen. He's to remain humble, not be lifted up above his brothers. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him demonstrate it by good conduct, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Wisdom produces Humility. You think that meekness is weakness? Try being meek for a week. <laughs> so that they turn not aside from obeying the commandment. Why? Because God said in First Samuel fifteen twenty two, Samuel said, "Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices?" as he has in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen is better than offering the fat of rams. God wants us to listen to his word, to take the time to purposely set aside time in our day to hear from God. What's more important? To hear from God or to hear something else? I can't remember which one of the great preachers in the past said, no Bible, no breakfast. If I don't have for the Bible, I don't have time for breakfast. The Bible defines affirmation of the ways of God. Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 15, 
I will make every effort to ensure that after my departure, you will be able to recall all these things at all times. Because we did not follow cleverly devised fables, but we were eyewitnesses of the majesty and honor and glory of the voice of God. And the word of the prophets was confirmed beyond doubt by the words, works, life, suffering, and death and resurrection of Jesus, who is the Messiah. He's the Son of the living God, and by believing, you have life through his name. Their experience was affirmed by the written word of God. And as Peter says, we do well to pay attention to the word of the prophets because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 5.39, You search the scriptures because you think that in having them you have eternal life. But it is those scriptures that bear witness about me. In Acts 10.43, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. Jesus spoke to the couple on the road to Emmaus on Resurrection Day, Luke 24:25 to 27. Jesus said to them, after he'd been walking along and he heard them and they were talking, he said to them, why are you so thick-headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to experience all these sufferings? And then entered to his glory. Then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself through the scriptures. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and the prophets. And showing them how they wrote concerning him and revealed the truth about himself. No prophecy of scripture comes from one's own interpretation. Because no prophecy of scripture was ever brought about by the will of a man. When Moses wrote the first books of the five books of the Bible, it was God's ideas, not his own. When Joshua wrote, it was not his ideas, but God's. When Samuel wrote, and Job, and David, and Asaph, and Solomon, and all the other prophets, and the gospel recorders, and the apostles, it wasn't their ideas. It was the ideas of the living God. Holy men spoke as they were moved along by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God spoke, and holy men wrote. The Bible is the very word of the eternal God. Finally, in our passage, the word of God determines assessment. Determines assessment. It reveals things as they really are. And shows you what will come in the future and gives you an opportunity and a choice. Proverbs eight thirty two to 36. Now therefore, my sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the person who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at the posts of my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains the favor of the Lord. But he who fails to find me harms himself. And all who hate me love death. That's an assessment. If you're listening to God, following the instruction of the wise, you will be blessed. And you will find life and receive the favor of God 
But if you fail to find this, you harm yourself. And all who hate me love death. Psalms 1, 4-6. Not so the wicked, for they are like chaff driven off by the wind. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord guards the path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What is the number one sin that people will give an account for? It's a failure to believe that God is. Because without faith, it's impossible to satisfy God. Because whoever comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek after him. Psalm 9:17. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead, all the nations that forget God. Psalm 92:7. It's true the wicked flourish, but only for a moment, foolishly forgetting their destiny with death, that they will one day be destroyed forevermore. Jesus said in John 12:48, There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not receive my words. The very word that I have spoken will judge him. On the last day. Romans 2.12. For all who have sinned outside of the law will also perish outside the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by that law. In Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we will give an account. Every one of us will give an account to God for our life. Did we believe him? Obey Him, trust Him, and follow Him. Or did we go out and walk in our own foolish ways? God's Word determines assessment and accountability. So we find God's Word designates authority, describes assurance, defines affirmation, and determines assessment and accountability. The conclusion... Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you accept my words and hide my commandments within you, if you incline your ear to wisdom and direct your heart to understanding, if you truly call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search it out like hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Because the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and blessed are the breasts that nurse you. But Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You're blessed if you hear the word of God and obey it. Habakkuk 2.2 Then the Lord replied, Write down the Revelation vision and make it plain and clear on tablets so that whoever reads it may run like a courier to share it. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your recorded word that speaks to our hearts and helps us to know you, respond to you, love you, Surrender to you. Follow your ways. 
Bless us, Lord, with your strength and your wisdom and your help for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.